Good morning. Well, we survived the holidays, right? Isn't that wonderful? Um, and, and we got, have we gotten enough rain? <laughs> so, um, I know I have a friend uh, uh, here who uh, happens to be the, uh, <clears throat> one of the elders in the church. And um, every time he would rain, uh, he would go, yes. <laughs> but he's retired now, so... You know, it doesn't matter anymore. So he doesn't pray for rain because he would fix roofs and fix all kinds of stuff. And uh, anyway, everybody knows George Pectivanos. <laughs> now he's got his hand full with uh, his grandkids, which is the way to be, right? Uh, this morning we're going to do something different. Um, again, um, I guess I, we need to, Bray is not here, but we can blame her. Uh, because she forced me to take my library apart. So a lot of books uh, that were you know, collecting dust uh, have been on the shelves, and um, uh, I tried to sell some of them and try to give away some of them. And uh, one of the books that kind of fell off uh, is this little book called The Names of God. The Names of God. And uh, it's uh, kind of an old book. The, uh, the author is uh, Andrew Jukes, J-U-K-E-S. And uh, it's an amazing book. There's a lot of uh, amazing insight as to the nature of God and who God is by just looking at the names, the ancient names, the Hebrew names that we all are aware of, but we don't really know the meaning behind them. Uh, so what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to um, start with the... The, the idea, the title from a, a YouTube uh, song, I still have not found what I'm looking for. Remember last week, I don't know if you remember last Sunday, but uh, I challenge you to really start working your way closer to God. That God has placed us on this earth to do a specific thing. Uh, there are some major things we have to do, and there are some side things we have to do. We all have to live. We all have to work. We all have to make money and you know, be related to others. And, but there is a mission that God has given you that is going to be your mission only. And you're not going to be able to accomplish or fulfill that mission unless you really know what God is up to. And in order for you to know what God is up to, you need to understand what He wants from you. And you look at yourself and ask yourself, okay, why am I here? Why do I have the gifts that God has given me? Why am I placed in this specific place? Why am I living in Pasadena or the Southern California? Um, and when you look at your life in the background, you look behind the scenes and see what happened to you, how you came to where you are now, you will get a clue about what God has in store for you, what you have not been able to finish or what you've maybe not even understood you have to do or be able to start the work that God has given you. Because once we live, live this earth, we're going to have to give an account. Remember, Jesus gave several parables that are basically about the same, about uh, a rich man or, uh, or a king or somebody that he gave a talent uh, to each person and to his servants and say, you know, when I come back, I want to see how you can do with this. 
with this money I'm giving you. The same thing. God has given us time. He's given us talents. He's given us opportunities. He's given us uh, the, His word so that we can focus on what is best for His kingdom and His righteousness. And this is really what our accountability is. But so many times we get stuck just trying to be followers of Christ. We get stuck because life is difficult. You know, uh, there's people out there that are not interested in uh, being good. And, you know, they try to, you know, take, you know, take away from, take away uh, all the stuff that God has given us. They, a lot of times if we focus on them, we lose sight of what God wants from us. Uh, so that's why Jesus talks about we have to forgive, forgive and forgive and forgive. And, and of course, Peter asked, you know, well, how many times should I forgive my brother? And, and you know, is it like seven times? Which, you know, in Hebrew, that was a complete number. If you can forgive your brother seven times, you're doing great. And Jesus said, mm, no. How about 70 times seven? So the, the idea is that God does not expect the impossible from us because he thinks that we can do it. He expects the impossible from us because he will give us all the wisdom and all the grace and all the power to be, able to, to be able to be above ourselves and be able to hit the mark every time. No matter how difficult people around us are, no matter how, what difficult path we're falling through, no matter what difficulties we're getting through, the point is, for 2017, we need to get close to God. You will find what you're looking for but that's only going to happen if you stay close to God. How do you stay close to God? Well, the first thing is we need to pray, right? Do you pray every day? Do you pray every meal? Do you pray throughout the day? I mean, how do you pray? Is there a time that you put aside? Jesus said that, you know, you have to get in your closet, forget about everybody else, forget about all the things that, you know, all the things that you have to do today and spend time with God. And nobody would you know, be able to listen to what you're saying to God because it's not about what they think. It's about what you are doing through your heart. So let me get to, the, to this issue. You know, the, this first introduction of this author is just amazing. And this is all we're going to do, just the introduction. The uh, language is a little bit old, but I think you get, you're going to get the, the gist of it. What is the meaning of all the teaching and preaching which by our Lord's command is continued today by day both in the church and in the world? It means... There is something which we do not know, which is very important that we should know, and which we are all slow to learn. And then he repeats that, you know, well, what is this thing that we need to know? You know, God told us we have to know, but we are slow to learn. It's two things, he says. We need to know God. And we need to know ourselves. 
A lot of times it says that we are like the prodigal son, that even though he went out and did everything that he wanted to do, he had absolute, absolute freedom to say, you know, dad, you know, I like, you know, the life here, but, you know, I got to do things. You know, I got this thing in my heart I have to do. And so he leaves for the, for the, for the world. And then he finds that the world is pretty tough. And that even in the toughness of that word, I mean, he came to such a point in his life where uh, he would basically eat what the pigs were eating. So finally, he came to himself, the Bible says. And here, Andrew Juke says the same thing, that we, even though we are going around and around in circles and we never get to the point, we never find what we're looking for, we never hit the jackpot, we never hit that sweet point, in our hearts, where we are connected with God, we know exactly what God wants, and we do it. We please God, not just ourselves. We please people around, around us. We serve God by serving others around us. We do all the right things. We spend time with God. We get better at it. But we still have not come to ourselves. We have still not realized where we are, really, spiritually, emotionally, the, the things that we see, the things that we hear, the things that we touch, those are the things that are real to us. And I'm not sure about you, but I know that if I don't sit down, turn everything off, and spend some time with God alone, I'm not oriented for that day. I know that I'm not going to be able to get any insight. You know, a lot of times we say, well, I can't hear God. I cannot hear God. Why can I not hear God? Well, I cannot hear God because there is a conversation that goes on in my mind constantly that has to be interrupted. And in order for that conversation to be interrupted, we need to be able to sit down and be quiet. And then forget about music, forget about even religious music while you're doing your quiet time because that may be distracting. Open the Word of God and listen to what God has to say. It's the Word of God. We have heard it so many times that we just push it aside as if it doesn't exist. I just read my Bible. No, you are reading the conversation that God wants to have with you. I still have not found what I'm looking for. There's so many things that disrupt our conversation with God. Things that are good and things that are bad. Things that are really have no value. Maybe sports. <laughs> Maybe about entertainment, right? I mean, what is it that makes America great? The founders of this nation gave their lives that we may have freedom to do whatever we want. Especially whatever will make us happy. This is what the whole world wants. This is what every human being wants. To be able to be free and have the, the, the freedom and the means to be happy. And that is really the most important thing. If you... Think of yourself right now for a moment. How much time you spend on things that will make you happy? Now, you may say that, well, work doesn't make me happy, but it gives me the means to be happy. 
that's money or even some importance, right? Who you are, what you do. But that doesn't get you better on the path that you're supposed to be able to walk. It does not make you more understanding of what God wants from you. That's just something. That's just like a, it's a side effect. You know, so many times, you know, we were given medicines by our physicians. And you, you look at, on the internet, you look at all the side effects <laughs> that that medicine has. And you say, oh, oh my God, why would anybody give this to anybody else? Okay. Well, because the problem that the patient has is so much more important and more difficult to, uh, to go through that it's best to take a small chance by giving a medicine that will reduce the blood pressure, take care of the diabetes, get, get the blood sugar under control, you know, uh, take, the, take care of the tremors and the difficulty in Parkinson's. I mean, it's, it's those medicines that do have side effects and are serious medicines, but they do good work. And for us, you know, we are difficult in that we are used to having things being served to us. So then we don't take the time to be able to sit down and really connect with God. So the first reason that we're not in the middle of where God wants us to be, that we have not found what we're looking for, is because we don't take the time to do it. Here he says, but how has God revealed himself to men? Even as men yet reveals himself. For man was made in God's image. Man shows himself by his words and works. Ouch. <laughs> so if we were to put on the, on the screen your words and your works. How would that look? I mean, if you thought about God taking a recording, a video of everything that you do and say and, and think. And it's not a video because videos only shows the appearance. It just sounds and pictures. But what God has running in heaven... Is something that has records not just what we see in video, but the inside, the heart, the motivations of the heart, your real desires. Not the pretend you, but the real you. And I don't know about you, but I know my, my real you needs to be redone. It needs to constantly be propped up. It needs to constantly become just like Jesus. And I'm so far from that. And sometimes I even give up. But I still have to come back and say, I haven't gotten yet. I have not gotten there yet. But I know I can if I persist. I know I can if I set aside some things that are getting in the way of me growing in Christ. And understanding what he wants from me. 
So how has God revealed himself to us? By his word and by his works. This is the person of brightness and image, the person of Jesus Christ. So we don't only have the Bible, but we also have the word of God, which is Jesus Christ himself, who has come and lived among us. I know we talk about, you know, three and a half years of ministry. That's when Jesus was at his peak uh, as far as showing us and telling us what, what we are to be. But the fact is that Jesus obviously lived a whole life as a child, as an adult, as a young adult, and as a mature adult, and then also as the Son of God. And that's all what we are supposed to be. Not just human beings of specific clans, specific ethnicity, but people that we are sons of God. This is what we're destined to be. And God is helping us through the difficulties that he allows, the challenges that he allows. And we're going to have those challenges in 2017. But my hope is that we're going to be able to, with confidence, say, what is it that's missing in my life? How is it that so many times I just get off track and I'm not connected with God for a long, long time and finally I say to myself, "Uh uh-oh, I come to myself (laughs) as the prodigal son and I have to say, you know, I remember the days that I was spending time with God and worshiping Him and having a quiet time for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or having a conversation with God throughout the day and those were great days. What happened? How did I get off the track? So God gave us some amazing power. Because Jesus Christ showed us that not only how we can live and be close to God, but by his death on the cross, he gave us power over the devil. He gave us power over our own instincts. He gave us power over all the things that the enemy is trying to do to prevent us from following Christ. And more important than that, because Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all our sins, there's forgiveness. That's the do-over that we talk about. No matter how much you feel you're a sinner, no matter how much you have sinned, how many times you've done the same sin over and over and over again, there's still hope and there's forgiveness. Just like Jesus said to Peter, that we are to forgive others no matter how many times they've hurt us in the same way. Of course, you know, today we'll say, well, if that person is hurting you, you need to separate. (laughs) Until they change. Until God gives them the grace to change. But the fact is that we have to do this over and over again. Because it doesn't work otherwise. It does not work otherwise. So. In this introduction. This writer wants to introduce us to the amazing God. Who has all these amazing names. And each name has a depth. And a purpose. And a grace. That encourages us. We're not going to go to. um, 
to those names. I will uh, hopefully be able to get one name at a time and present it to you and see the depth and insight of, of uh, this man and the Holy Spirit's work through him. Uh, but I think this is the, uh, the issue of um, being able to understand that as our mind understands, then we can put something on paper. Say, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to run my life now. If this is who God is, then that improves my confidence that no matter how many times I fail, no matter how many times I look at myself and say, not again, why have I done this? Why have I hurt somebody? Why did I open my mouth? Why did I fall into that sin again? That there will be this, this ocean of, of love and cleansing and restitution for the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We know that the Holy Spirit lives in you, right? If you have accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, Jesus Christ says that I will ask the Father and He will give you the Comforter. It's great that the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. It's never called the Executioner. It's never called the, the Coach. He's the Paraclete. The one who has so much compassion for you and for me. More compassion so many times than we have for ourselves. And that is the spirit that God has put in our hearts. And we know that God loves us because the Holy Spirit will tell you that he has deposited all the agape love of God into your heart. The minute you ask Jesus to be your, la- your Savior and your Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in and the first thing he does is to deposit all the agape love of God in your heart. I have a patient that has suffered a lot. And so I spent a lot of time with her, trying to comfort her and, you know, treat her. And one of the biggest things that this person has been struggling with is past sins, wrong decisions. And there's been so much pain and suffering that this person has been limited in being able to live her life, do all the things that you, you know that person wants to do, but feeling this guilt, this tremendous guilt that comes up every time there's pain and suffering in this person's life. She will feel this guilt coming over her. And it's something that doesn't go away. It's something that just crushes her spirit. So as I was talking with her, this verse came into my mind. I told her, do you know that There's a verse in the Bible that says that even if our heart condemns us, God will not condemn us. It's it's really difficult. I mean, the most difficult part in life is to look at yourself in the mirror and say, Oh my God, I have a lot of faults. I've done a lot of bad things. 
Even when God has given me all the chances and all the freedom and all the power and the Holy Spirit is inside me, I have good teaching in my church and I have people around me that love me and I have all the things that anybody would ever do and then I just blow it. So how do you forgive yourself when you know a hundred times over that you've done this before? The way to do it is to realize that God's grace, God's forgiveness is above and beyond my own forgiveness of myself, let alone the forgiveness that I would receive from others. That's what makes us stand under Christ's feet. This is what makes us kneel under his feet because we know that even when our heart condemns us, that's an inside job. That's very tough to get rid of. We can say to, to the Lord, Lord, I know my conscience has got me. I cannot turn it off. The guilt is there. Will you convince my heart, convince my conscience that I belong to you, that you love me, that you died for me? I want to find forgiveness. I want to find the blessings of knowing that I have found what I'm looking for. I want us to, uh, Mel, if you can put the, the song um, that uh, <clears throat> uh, Bless the Lord of my soul. Can you put the lyrics up, please? I want you to Read these lyrics and make it your prayer this morning. You should have your response cards with you. If you want to put in today's date, and I want you to respond to this message this morning. I want you to ask yourself, have I found in Jesus what I'm looking for? And if you say, yes, I found, just write, a couple of reasons why you think you found what you're looking for in Jesus Christ. Would you do that? And if you have not found, will you please also write that in? I'll be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and see if we can uh, move forward so that you won't be on that, on that bench too long. Look at the words. Just bless the Lord of my soul. O oh, my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before. O oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. We worship someone or something when they wow us. When is the last time the Lord has made you say, Wow, Lord, that was amazing. Will you do this right now?